This is the Shift the Story podcast, and I'm Becca Lewis, and my guest today is writer Megan Haskell. So, Megan, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you again after our brief meeting in Vegas. Yeah, me too. It was, it was, that was a whirlwind weekend. It was great, but, uh, but yeah, it was great getting to meet you there, and I was thrilled when you asked me to do this. I always, I love doing podcasts, so this is fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> I like doing podcasts too. And I love, one of the things I love when I go to conference, it was the writer, I should say this, it's the writer, we went to the, we met at the 20 Books to 50K Writer Conference in Vegas. And um, I love going to the conferences just because I love hearing about how to be a better writer, but also meeting the people. And Mm -hmm. One of the things, uh, people that know me well, they know I believe in the synchronicity of the world, of the universe. And so when people sit down next to me and then I get in their car again a couple hours later, just <laughs> by chance, I figure <laughs> this is the person I'm supposed to know. <laughs> that was the coolest thing because I was so unplanned. Um, but you are a writer of fantasy and I have to say, so I love fantasy, but I got to talk to you a little bit at the beginning when you sat down beside me and we didn't have much time to talk. But then in the car later, you started telling me about your pixies and I thought, okay, Barracuda Barracuda pixies, (laughs) I have to read the book. And so I have, and I've been just loving them. They're just awesome. Thank you. But yeah. But you described yourself as a soccer mom. So yeah. I yeah, you probably are a soccer mom. So how in the world how in the world do you find this is my first question. I have a lot of questions. How in the world did you do you find the time to write in the middle of raising two kids? Uh yeah. So well, so um basically when they are asleep and or at <laughs> school, um that's my work time, you know, and one of the things I've, I've realized, um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of different authors and, and sort of the, the writing community will talk about this, but it's been so true for my life is that you have to choose your priorities. And so for me, my number one priority are my children and my family. I'm a stay at home mm-hmm. mom. I, you know, I run the, the kids back and forth and this way and that way. And, you know, I'm chasing after them all day. So that's my number one priority. But my number two priority is writing. And so I've made the time. So I don't do a whole lot of housework. <laughs> my husband, I'm luckily okay with that. Um, and uh, I, when the girls are asleep at night, you know, I, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I m- basically, my husband and I have agreed that Sunday through Thursday night, we don't watch TV. We don't, you know, turn on video games as much as I used to love to play them. It was one of my sacrifices. Um, we work, you know, so he, he's a software engineer. And so he does little um, app video game projects just to kind of keep his skills fresh and I write and run the business of my independent publishing, you know, and so that's, that's how we do it. You know, I, I don't get a ton of time. I, I probably average about 15 to 20 hours a week at most. Um, some weeks it's less than that if the girls are out of school or sick or something like that, you know, but, uh, but I find the minutes where I can. Well, I don't know, Megan, I think that even some writers who supposedly have more time would say, wow, 20 hours, you 
put aside distractions enough to get 20 hours of writing or bis- the business of writing, because I know there's more to yeah. writing than just writing the books. Um, I think that's amazing that you do that. I When I was getting ready to do this podcast, of course, I had to go read everything about you. And on your bio, you said that you were one of those kids that I guess they call them whale readers now. That mm-hmm. that describes you and me, the whale readers of the world. Yeah. And I had to laugh because my mom used, when I would be lying on the couch reading my second book of the day, my mom would say, you should go out and play. You're never going to have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about you when I read yours, but our friends were in the book, so I didn't quite understand what she was talking about. So, did know. you feel that way too? Yeah, to an extent, absolutely. I mean, I was definitely a voracious reader growing up. And and now that I'm writing, and like I said, I've put, put aside some of my fun activities, which is, unfortunately sometimes includes reading. So I get like mm-hmm. a chapter a night now, whereas I used to get, you know, a, a book a, every couple days. But yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but you know, the other thing I found is that a lot of my friends I've bonded with around books. Um, you know, I, I was, I was, I'm an introvert. I definitely am an introvert, but I was always very active in other things too. I played sports, I played music, I, you know, um, did all of that stuff too. So I had a lot of, you know, I shouldn't say I had a lot of friends. I had a very core group of close friends, Yes, um, but we also bonded around books. My best friend in high school, actually, and you know, this is to some degree how I kind of became interested in the darker side of fantasy. We read Laurel K. Hamilton and her Mary Gentry and her Anita, Anita Blake series, which is all zombies and necromancers. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very, very bloody, very gory. And then it started to get a little hot and heavy there too. And, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, she, my best friend and I, we would trade these books back and forth, um, you know, and read, read them as quickly as we possibly could, given how much homework we had in high school. And so it became part of our bond, part of our, you know, what we shared. And it was, so I've found friends with books as well. Real yes, friends, yes, sure. yes, <laughs> yes. There, there are definitely outside friends who understood the writing and the reading and all the other things. But, yeah. you know, when you said darker, darker side of fantasy, um, when someone would meet you, they would not think you were writing dark fantasy. And it's, so I think that makes it even more exciting that, and it's not dark. I, I am not a horror reader. Yeah. I would, so I am, I think I'm in on your third book. So I have just devoured those books in my free time that what you're saying, no more a book a day kind of yeah. thing, but they're just wonderful. And one of the things that I have really enjoyed is how clear there's two things. And one of those, them is about creating a world. And we'll talk about that in a second, but also uh, you have got to have some kind of background in martial arts or something because I don't I'm I, I well you or you read about it or something <laughs> how do you do it yeah yeah no so the martial arts stuff so um 
I actually, so I just started taking Krav Maga a few months ago mm. um, and I've really been enjoying that. And in fact, if, if you could see me right now, you'd see my knuckles are totally bruised and it's cause I had class yesterday and I was really wailing on the pads and it was fun. Um, but no, I never, I never took, other than a couple women's self-defense classes and stuff like that, I never really took a, um, any martial arts classes but like I said I've always been an athlete I've always played sports yes so some of the mentality of that I can understand and the and the reaction time and how quickly you have to move and what you're going to focus on what you're going to look for when you're looking for that reaction and and how you move through any kind of fast-paced active events right um and then I have read a lot of martial arts um, in fi- in fantasy fiction, frankly. Um, so I use that as a sort of inspiration, I guess. And I I sort of pretended like I could do some of this stuff. Actually, like act it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so if I did, if I punched here, then where where would I would be open? You know, where would you hit me back? Or you know, like I'd actually sort of roll around on the floor <laughs> and uh, and act it out, and that really helped as well. Um, but no, it's funny because a lot of people have commented that you know I must have a martial arts background because I write it so well, and even you know. Um, I've had, I have a good friend who's a black belt in karate and she goes, oh, you must have done something. And I go, no, no, I didn't. She goes, cause you write it so well. And I go, well, thank you. I'm glad my imagination works. <laughs> and, oh, and that is the point, isn't it? It's so much when I'm writing, I'm so much in my imagination and you could just see for me, I could just see the picture of what I'm writing. So those people become little people walking around and in, in another place and, so, yep. so it's, if you haven't done it, you don't quite, I think that's the most fun about writing is just disappearing into somebody else, somebody else's life that you're imagining. But when yeah. you, but you have made a world. So, um, which I totally admire. Uh, so did that world come to you or did you build it as you started writing it? So my sort of background or the history of this series is that um, when I gave birth to my first daughter, Karen, who's now five and a half, um, actually, she's getting close to six, her birthday's in February, um, I I quit my job, quit my corporate job, um, and uh, wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. But of course, your creative juices don't stop flowing. And and, uh, so what happened was when she was about three months old, I suddenly had the idea for the character of Rie and I had um, I, it was a perfect image of who this person was, what she was all about, where she was, the fact that she's a human who's been raised by elves and who has been treated as a second class citizen who can't get, you know, she's ambitious, but she can't really get that place in the world that she feels like she deserves. Um and so I had that, that was my beginning point. Um, and then after that, I was like, okay, well, so let's figure out this world. Let's figure out if she's living with elves, why, what, what is this? So I did about three months 
just purely world building. Hmm. And I read um, a lot of mythology. I have roughly, very loosely, very loosely based it on the Norse um, mythology of the nine realms um, and their world tree. Um, And some of the characters are loosely based on some of the Norse gods. Um, And then I bring in other mythological creatures because my underlying theory um, or premise is that if there were actually nine realms and if you could travel between these nine realms then the nine realms would influence each other so humanity would have incorporated some of these you know fantasy creatures these fairy magical beings because they would have maybe come across them once or twice and then they get you know internalized into legend so so there's all this influence of all the different creatures, all the different realms, and each realm has a specialty and all this stuff. And I do that. And I so I spent three months just building that out and deciding sort of what were the foundational principles of the overall universe. Um, and then, so, so I have that sort of rough structure. And then for each book, I have decided which realms I actually want to visit. Mm. And so at that point, I develop those realms a little more in depth. So for example, in book one, we visit the upper realm, the human realm, which is modern day earth. Um, and we also visit the, um, uh, the shadow realm, or the, yeah, the shadow realm, the under, under God, why am I not? <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Like you start going into it and like, wait, where was I? <laughs> wait, what did I call it? <laughs> But it's the realm of the dark elves. Um, and and so that's the, you know, so that was the conflict in the first book. So I developed that really, really well before writing the first book. But I didn't really develop the other realms too much. And then in um, book two, she goes to the summer realm. And so I did a lot of world building for that in advance of writing book two and during the writing of book two. Um, but I still haven't fully developed the winter realm or the autumn realm. I have rough ideas, but I haven't, um, gone into the extensive detail that I have, you know, in the realms I've already written about. So that's kind of how I've done that. Yeah. You make it sound so easy and I know it's not. (laughs) So that makes me think that if you haven't developed those realms, there must be more coming. Mm-hmm. So how yeah, how many yeah. do you are you do you have an end to the series in mind or are you just going to keep writing until it finishes itself? Well, so the way I've kind of tried to structure it is sort of a Star Wars esque uh, platform. Mm-hmm. So the first trilogy is the first character arc for Rie. So the books one through three, she goes from being essentially a nobody to being a leader. And that's kind of her character arc. Um, And then I'm starting to work on the outline and development of the next trilogy. Um, And it's still going to be all branded the same as far as part of the series. This is mostly just in my head. Yeah. Um, But it's going to be a new character arc where she now she's a leader, but now she has to um, really kind of step into her own and become a power. Um, And so I'm I'm working on that outline, but it'll be another kind of three book arc. Um, as we continue to deal with a lot of the political implications between the different realms and, and um, you know, there's still, there's still kind of a big bad guy that's, that's out there that she, you know, kind of needs to deal with um, and some other conflicts that are going to come into play. Um, 
but so that'll that'll be the next three books. So it'll be at least six books at this point. Um, and then we'll see after that. I don't know. I don't, at this point, I don't know exactly how the plot end is going to be yeah. at the sixth book. If we're going to actually, you know, she's going to overcome all the bad guys and therefore there's not much left for her to do and she can go off and retire. You know, I doubt, I it, doubt but... it. I mean, wouldn't that be nice if the world worked like that? But since everybody knows right? it doesn't. <laughs> It always leaves it open for, yeah. oh, I think I, I think there's another enemy now. I can go back and write yeah. some more. Even if it's like 10 years from now, you could go back and pick it up. And that's the kind of, I, I, I love that as you're writing, even though it's other worlds and um, what's labeled fantasy because it has all the pixies and elves and all those other characters that you've made, the blood eaters or whatever you call them. But <laughs> There, yes, yes, those basically, yes, yeah, (laughs) but they all really are symbols. I mean, you can recognize our world and everything in your writing, and that's I think that makes it wonderful. And I'm sure after, and the other thing I want to just compliment you on is the business side of what you're doing, and it's so well put together, and with it's just so easy to get which brings me to if every anybody listening to this hasn't gone oh I want to read your books and I guess they're just not readers so so I would want to know what oh and I and I just want to say that if any of those pixies would really want, want to live with someone else you could send one or two over because I could wear them in my hair and I would uh-huh. really yeah. love to have a pixie or two. So I, mean, I just, oh, please, can I have a pixie? But anyway, to be more serious, where would you like people to find you so that they can read the books? Well, the books are, um, so I'm in KDP Select, which means I'm exclusive with Amazon as far as the eBooks go. Um, so you can always search me on Amazon, just, you know, um, Type in the search bar, Megan Haskell, um, and uh, you'll find me and the Senyare Chronicles, um, which is the series. Um, but if you want to learn more about me and get some more inside details, um, you can visit my website. It's MeganHaskell.com. And I actually do give away the short story prequel, um, which is called Pixie Tamer. And it's a little bit more YA than, than the books are. It's kind of, it's a story about her early training mm-hmm. and, um, and what she's, and as she's learning how to fight um, and where she, how she meets the pixies in the first place. So I do give that story away for free if you sign up for my newsletter which again, you can find on my website at meganhaskell.com. And everybody will be able to find all that stuff on the show notes for this podcast. So one way or another, I highly recommend that people um, go and read your books. And uh, even though we didn't talk much about the shift of a story in your life, since we talked about the writing of what you do, one of the questions I always ask people at the end of one of these podcasts, just because it's so interesting to find out the answer from people is I know that in order to do what you're doing, you've had to make priorities and not cleaning your house as well as you might want to. It sounds like a good plan because I'm always distracted by something like laundry. Um, so uh, what is the one piece of advice that you would give someone else who is in the midst of changing their story? Well, if you're, 
I, I think it comes down to prioritizing, you know, what's truly important to you and then finding ways to eliminate what's unnecessary and, and focus on what is necessary and setting goals for yourself. You know, I, I think that's been the biggest, the biggest shift for me from when I first started writing to now is how much attention and how much dedication I give to my writing. Um, so if there's something that's truly important to you that you truly want to, you know, focus on and make happen, then you have to change your life to make it happen. You can't just say, oh, someday, because someday will never come. Right. Um, you just have to sit down and do it. And not not to to plug too much more, but uh, I also have a book for aspiring authors. Oh, that's right. Aspiring Thank you. And that's actually one of the things we talk about. It's the book is geared for people who are trying to make that transition from a hobbyist writer to a professional published author. And we go into a lot. It's co-written with um, my OC writers business partner. We we run a local group here, a local community of writers. Um, and we co-wrote this book because there were a lot of people in our group who had no idea what those next steps were, had no idea how to prioritize their life and how to set goals and how to decide which way they wanted to pursue their writing. And it's different for every person. Um, and so, so we wrote this book and it's not very long. It's just a, it's a, you know, brief little nonfiction, but, um, it has everything that I've come to learn so far in my life about how to, you know, really make writing a career. Um, so there you go. Perfect. <laughs> that is a perfect thing. I love the priority and yes, that, that book, get the book. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Megan, and, and for sitting next to me at the conference. It was, it was perfect. Absolutely. And thank you for inviting me on the show and, and talking with me today. It's, it's, it's been fun. I really, I'm so glad I met you at the conference. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's it for this week's episode. Find all things Megan in the show notes at theshift.com. And this is episode 108. Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast. If you have a minute, please help me out and rate and review the podcast. It both inspires me and my guests to do more and be better. And if you never want to miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. And find me and my books at BeccaLewis.com. Let me know what you are up to. Let's take Megan's advice and choose to do what we love most. See you next time. And we'll do some more shifting the story together.